Welcome back to The Nerd is the Word. I'm your host, Carolyn Farnham. I'm your other host, Adam Chisholm. And the random thought I had this week that I felt compelled to share with you is that it's really weird how sexualized Lola Bunny was in Space Jam. Why couldn't she just have been a good basketball player? That's my question. Yeah, Uh, extremely weird. The frustrations (laughs) with, you know, toxic male media. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I am perhaps the most excited I've ever been for this episode. I don't know, but um, we're going to talk about himbos this week and for our audience out there who uh, did not see our Facebook post uh, we are describing himbos as men who are naive but very good-hearted and respectful so that's our definition of himbos while they're traditionally handsome we also believe that brains count for more than brawn in this household so we we will be weighing those at the very least equally Our guest is a repeat guest, our very, very wonderful friend, Mike Murphy, who is a librarian librarian in training. And Mike, what makes you qualified to to discuss himbos this week? Uh, I'm gay. (laughs) 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 You know, just similar with Liz's introduction, she was just like, I'm a queer nerd, so I can talk about camp. Yep, all right, that's a qualification. I'm starting to question what qualifies me to talk about any of this. <laughs> you're the host. Yeah, fair. That's fair. You're, yeah. a, you're a cis white man. You didn't yeah. have to do any work. <laughs> it's real easy for me to have anything in this world. <laughs> so as we're talking about himbos, we are talking about himbos from all works of fiction. We posted a whole bunch of them, and the audience also did a great job putting in some people that we forgot about. So Hats off to you, audience and listeners. Uh, and then we all voted on the top eight seeds for this bracket. We're going to go matchup by matchup and discuss which character should win based on our three criteria, which this week are lovable nature, their commitment to a cause, and as always, aesthetics. My wild card is also going to be, would he treat me right? The seating reveal. <laughs> Coming in at number eight is Thor, God of Thunder from the MCU Number seven, Jason Mendoza from The Good Place. Number six, the best hair in the whole damn thing, Steve Harrington from Stranger Things. Number five, Kristoff from Frozen. Number four is Hercules from Disney's Hercules. Number three, Steed Bonnet from Our Flag Means Death. (laughs) Number two, Soka from Avatar The Last Airbender. And number one, an absolute sweep, Kronk from the Emperor's New Groove. To put it in perspective, Kronk got 27 votes on the poll. Second place, Soka got 14. Uh, It it wasn't close. People fucking love Kronk. I'm gonna correct you now. It's Sokka, not Soka, like Ahsoka from Star Wars. (laughs) It's Sokka? Sokka, yeah. It's fucking uh, what? I thought you were making like a reference to that that bad movie, the M. Night Shyamalan. Do do they call him that in that? Well, they, they made them more technically correct, but they didn't port them over. Completely. Oh, okay. I'm not going to edit that, just so everyone knows. I've watched about six episodes of Avatar The Last Airbender, and then it's that's so about good. it. It was, it was good. It was fine. I just never picked it back up. 
Well, I mean, I, I really wonder what it's like to just be wrong all the time, Adam. <laughs> I'm not saying it's bad. I just have a lot of hobbies. I'm just saying you make bad choices. Your priorities are way out of whack. <laughs> <laughs> I think I stopped watching it to start watching Clone Wars, so fucking don't add Poor me. choice, no. What? <laughs> Oh the my first, you could have just skipped the first three seasons of the Clone Wars. Nothing happens. I did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but before we jump into um, our brackets, do we have any himbos that we think should have ranked higher, should have made the list? I know personally for me, I love what we do in the shadows. And I really wanted to see Nandor the Relentless make this list because I, I love that show. And Nandor is absolutely hilarious. Mm. When I when I started like researching, I googled like the best himbos and everything. The first thing that popped up was like a picture of like the normal ones like uh, Kronk and all that. And then Eric Matthews showed up there and I got so excited for Eric Matthews and then forgot to add him to the list. I think you I added uh, him Carolyn, later, had yeah. to add him. Yeah. So I, I I'll I'll fall on that grenade and say he probably didn't get enough votes because he wasn't there initially. Um, uh, also, uh, as, as well as Eric uh, Troy Barnes from from. Uh, uh, community is a fucking great character and i love him so much honestly i'm pretty satisfied with this i would have put jason higher i i don't like that he was a squeaker <laughs> like he's just the platonic ideal of a man <laughs> like those cheekbones could coat glass <laughs> truly all right well should we get into it yeah all right so starting off the very first matchup the number one seed cronk going up against the number eight seed Thor. Uh, Carolyn, you want to kick this one off? Sure. I, I like all of these matchups kind of going through and looking at them. And I think Kronk and Thor, I, if, if you made Thor into a cartoon, he would look just like Kronk, you know, that V shape of a man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just like very broad and then that teeny tiny little waist. Um, I, I like both of these characters. I mean, Kronk is like such the quintessential himbo. I understand why he got so many of our votes. Um, he is perhaps the most lovable. Uh, and just like, I love his devil and angels. I love that he talks to squirrels. Um, that is perhaps my favorite thing about him is he speaks fluent squirrel. Um, and then at the end of Emperor's New Groove, he like runs the the little camp, the little scout camp for all the little kids. And it's like, <laughs> ah. Um, commitment to a cause, I feel like, I don't know if he's necessarily committed. I think the kind of whole thing about his character is that he he's a little bit waffly, a little bit flip-floppy. Um, and he doesn't like, really believe in Yzma's cause, even though he's working for her. And that really sets her back a whole lot. Um, <laughs> so he talked about in that episode with Marco and that's how we had the idea to do the Himbo's episode. Mm -hmm. um, he kind of causes a lot of the, the heartache for Yzma and a lot of the hardships for her. Um, but aesthetically too, he would take it from me because he is that, that perfect V shape of a man. Um, and the costume is really great with like the purple and the gold and like the little hat. Um, I like that him and Thanos shop at the same uh, top store. They have the exact same shirt and it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and like everything about like the Emperor's new groove aesthetic is so funny. Like Yzma has that big beautiful tent and Krog just has a little face tent that he sleeps under. <laughs> um, and like I love that he like runs throughout the entire movie with Yzma's carriage on his back. Um, very like He's himbo. He's himbo. So I think he would end up taking two of the three for me, even though I, I do have a deep appreciation for especially Taika Watiti's rendition of Thor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
That's what I was thinking about. I think this would be a much closer matchup if there was a Taika trilogy for Thor or Thor Love and Thunder was already out because it is it is Taika's Thor that is the himbo. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I expect that we will eventually have a third Taika Waititi movie after Love and Thunder and everything. And that might, like you said, might change it. But yeah, it's it's Kronk for me. And like, while while Thor has all of the same things that Kronk has that makes him a himbo, Kronk just has it turned up to 11. Um, and it's, first off, Emperor's New Groove is probably the most underrated Disney movie of all time. It really needs more respect. Although just a bunch of millennials sitting on a podcast talking about it has probably happened a million times and it just feels <laughs> great because we think we're the hip. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I don't think, I think commitment to a cause is the only thing Thor takes for me. Uh, aesthetics and lovable nature go to Kronk. But uh, Mike, your, your thoughts? Yeah, Kronk just has the advantage of being a cartoon character. Like you mentioned now, everything about Kronk has turned up to 11 because he's literally yeah. cartoonish. He's a cartoon. Um, and I was talking to my brother and his friend last night about being on this podcast for this topic and they didn't know what a himbo was. And all I had to do was say Kronk and they mm -hmm. instantly understood. I think he is like the the the, the quintessential himbo. Like I have to give it to him as much as I love mm -hmm. Thor. I would say he would also take the wild card for me that would he treat me right? Because that man could cook spinach puffs like nobody's business. <laughs> and Kronk, if you're out there and you're listening, I would never insult your spinach puffs. Mm. Yeah. And it's not that Thor wouldn't treat you right. It's just he's working on him right now. You know, he, he doesn't have mm -hmm. the time to, mm -hmm. to, you know, you know, eventually he'll probably treat you right, though. But <laughs> and we, we love a man who self-actualizes. We mm -hmm. love it. Uh, but yeah, no, it's Kronk. It's Kronk, yeah. baby. That was an easy one. Uh, three, <laughs> three for Kronk. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, moving on to the second matchup, the five seed Kristoff of Frozen fame and the four seed Hercules of uh Disney and Greek mythology fame, but we're focusing on the Disney one here. Fun vocabulary lesson. If a name is the same as a title, it's called eponymous. A hippopotamus? Eponymous. Hippopotamus. <laughs> uh, Mike, you want to start this one off? Certainly. So um, I'm just going to be prejudiced because I imprinted on that Hercules movie as a child, and it just takes aesthetics mm -hmm. for me in terms of like it's for Disney movie, just that it really captured that like ancient Greek kind of fun swirls and stuff and like he is he has the triangle he is built yeah. right um you know I, and he worked for it unlike all these other characters he he did what had a training montage um yeah and like Kristoff's nice I like Jonathan Groff he has a fun voice he he, he has lovable he's mm -hmm. very lovable I don't think Hercules is consistently lovable in his own movie um I, I, I think I'm leaning Hercules on this yeah. one. I think um, you, you're absolutely right. I think I think Kristoff is a bit more lovable. Um, but as far as commitment to a cause goes, like he's just along for the ride. He's he's just yeah. Um, and aesthetic. In Frozen Two, in Frozen Two, we get to see a little bit more of his. It's true. I I don't remember much of Frozen Two. I watched it once, like when it first came out on Disney Plus, and not since. It, it's good. I remember liking it more than the first one. But yeah, it, it's 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 Hercules for me here. You can't really beat the aesthetics of that movie, and uh, it's I don't know. It's great, Carol. Hmm. I I think that Hercules definitely fits the bill of kind of a 
um, an ideal a little bit more than Kristoff. I mean, you have that whole song in Frozen 1 about like, he's a little bit of a fixer upper. Mm. Um, and uh, there were, the the trolls for me were a bit unnerving. It kind of felt like they were really forcing that relationship. Um, and it was like, hmm, this is a little, a little sus. Um, <laughs> Um, I think I, I think definitely it, he maybe Kristoff is a little bit more lovable because he's like more of a person. And in Frozen Two, we see Kristoff kind of have these moments when Aunt Anna is going off and trying to be a ruler and trying to do all these things, and he's making speeches to himself about like how he wants to support her and he's okay being a supportive partner and like being kind of in the background in that supportive role, which I really liked because it's like very rare to see that in a movie to see a male protagonist take a step back very intentionally mm -hmm. and let their their partner take the lead. Uh, so I did think that was very remarkable for a Disney movie um, and for just like any kind of male protagonist. So it, for that, I think Kristoff would, would definitely get lovable nature for me and maybe even commitment to a cause because he's, he's less committed to a cause than he is committed to Anna. But like, I think he really is committed to Anna. Go ahead, Mike, I see the face. <laughs> This man, Hercules, gave up immortality to spend the rest of his life with a girl. I think that's a pretty big, like, yeah, screw the gods. I don't need that. I pick you. I that, I just disagree with that choice so much. Sure. <laughs> um, you can disagree with the choice. You can't disagree with the commitment, though. No, no, very committed. You're right. Mm. You're right. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I think I still would lean Hercules. Uh, I like thinking of that montage. And I feel like Christoph, the pick your nose thing, the pick your nose scene in Frozen kind of is a turn off for me. So I'm going to mm. go with Hercules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all men do it, do they? <laughs> uh, so is it is it Hercules all around then? <laughs> I, I think so, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Hercules moves on. That's going to be a fun second round matchup. Um, all right. And speaking of fun matchups, uh, let's make sure I, uh, I uh, pronounce uh, properly here, uh, or enunciate properly, rather. Steed Bonnet, uh, the number three seed, versus Steve Harrington, the number six seed. Uh, I We found out before we started recording, I'm the only one who watches Stranger Things here. Uh, so I'll start this off by saying Steve Harrington is a goddamn treasure. Um, his <laughs> hair, I would like to curl up inside and just sleep for five years. Um, but it, it's so for, for those who don't watch stranger things, uh, he is sort of in the first season, he's like the really cool older, I think he's like a junior or senior in high school compared to the, uh, the younger kids. And he, over the course of the series becomes much, much more likable, kind of like a, a Jamie Lannister, uh, arc done right. Uh, but much quicker, um, and he just sort of becomes like the babysitter uh, where he's just stuck with all these young kids uh, and he says he hates it, but he loves them so dearly. Um, and he's just super, what's the word? Uh, I don't know. He, he has like, like great big brother energy about him. That all being said, it's Steve Bonnet. It, 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 it has to be Steve Bonnet. Like there's, there's so much I can say great, that's great about the Steve Harrington character, but he's not going to beat Steve Bonnet here. So I don't know. I'm not going to waste my breath on it. 
Um, if, if there's anybody listening to this podcast that has not watched Our Flag Means Death, I think the Venn diagram of people who enjoy this podcast and who would enjoy Our Flag Means Death is a circle. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because absolutely. It's, it's a masterpiece. And I will, go, I, I, I made some promises to several people about this, but he and Ed Teach are like the cutest in the entire world and I'm so excited that season two was announced but there's this scene in like one of the episodes where they just like they're both like getting caught and they're like kind of imprisoned and they're tied up and Steed looks at Ed and goes you came back and Ed goes never left and gives him a little wink and then he nudges him with his boot and every queer in the universe just dies because it's so cute and he just melt on the floor of his ship called the revenge and i just love steed so much and i could go on and on and i will so bear with me um when he goes back to his wife and they have that heart to heart that is such an incredible moment of like him discussing with her like her happiness and his happiness and the fact that even though they're married and they made like a commitment to each other, they were able to find happiness outside of each other. And he supports her. Like he doesn't do that toxic masculine shit of like, but you're my wife. He was like, okay, let's theatrically do, you know, get rid of me and like, let's go live our lives and like have a happy adventure without each other. Um, and it's, it's just, he's such a good character for just having one season of a show he is so flushed out and he is so funny and i i mean i've I, i'm not a stranger things fan i don't do scary uh the halloween episodes are going to be very fun for me um <laughs> <laughs> so i mean 100 percent, it's steed i love you steed <laughs> mike i will i will shout out to steve harrington for being an ally in the 80s rock on but it has to be steed if we're talking commitment to a cause he literally left his family to pursue like being a pirate um and he does have that very like deeply naive in terms of how to be a pirate the whole idea of yes i can be a gentleman pirate those things are compatible (laughs) no contradiction there so like he he has that like naive good-heartedness and he's just fundamentally a good person and like and that whole like moment where he, he sees um, when Edward starts g- regressing back to his old ways and he just tries to be like, no, I don't like who you are when you're like this. You know, it's just sweet. It's cute. He's precious. He, he needs we to move on. We must protect him. Yes, at all costs. Yes. <laughs> uh, and also like, uh, I know we're talking about the characters, but Reese Darby is fucking great. Like, I don't, oh, yeah. I, I know he's been in like a lot of things, but for whatever reason, like they're all things that I hadn't really seen before. My only real memory of him in like a show or a movie is that fucking Jim Carrey movie, uh, Yes Man. Uh, ah, yes. Where he's just like the Harry Potter nerd. I think he's, I think he plays Jim Carrey's boss in that, but then he like invites him to like a Harry Potter movie and they watch like the first three movies in a single night and they're all dressed. It, he's just so pleasant. And it, the, I mean, the the, uh, the New Zealand accent obviously doesn't hurt uh, the pleasantries. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I, I just, I love him as an actor, and I really want to see him in more things. So again, three nothing, Steve Steed Bonnet 
sorry, Mr. Harrington. I love you. I can't wait for the second part of Stranger Things season four because Stranger Things, the first part of Stranger Things season four is fucking amazing. But this is not that episode. This is the Himbos episode. Uh, <laughs> the the last matchup of the first round, uh, Jason Mendoza from The Good Place and Sokka from The Last Airbender. Um, I don't know much about Sokka. As I said before, I've only watched so much of Avatar. I like him. I, I, I think he is my favorite character from the episodes I have seen. Um, but Jason is perfect and he's probably my favorite character in a show i've seen all of so uh that's who i'm pulling for but i'm interested to see if either of you guys could sway me the other way if you're thinking that um but uh mike you want to start this one? Oh, i'm deeply torn i was hoping you wouldn't okay because <laughs> <laughs> when i first saw stock on that phone like he's not a himbo what is like he's like that's not but then i realized Oh no, this is the man who got caught in a crevice trying to kill like a saber-toothed moose cub and then became a promised to be a vegan in his delirium. Like, yeah, no, he he's not he is deeply intelligent, but he is also dumb as rocks. Oh, yeah. And that is the best of both worlds. Same though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Carolyn, you wanna you wanna take it so we give Mike some more time to think. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm also torn because I really love The Last Airbender. It's probably one of my favorite shows, uh, one of the most beautiful arcs, and every single character really grows and changes, and especially for an animated show, it, it's it's just beautifully done. Um, I love Sokka. Um, he just, like, has so much growth, like, in individual episodes and throughout the the show as a whole because he I, there's one very particular episode where he meets uh suki who he falls in love with and suki is this badass um fighter who knows martial arts and like immediately knocks Sokka on his ass and he's like well, i was like the best warrior in my village like what the fuck girls can't fight and suki immediately like lambasts him and puts him on the floor and instead of getting like riled up and angry he takes a break comes back kneels before her and says i have so much to learn and would be honored if you taught me and wears the whole garb which is dresses and makeup and everything and learns how to fight like one of these female warriors and he uses that training later in the show as well so he he is his humility and his intentionality is something that I really love about the show and about his character in particular. I also just love that he is the only non-bender in like the Fab Five and he goes up against the same enemies as everyone else. And he's the only one without magic powers. He just throws his boomerang at things. <laughs> like one of the main villains approaches them and he's just like boomerang bitch. And like, it's like Sakura, that's not gonna be super effective. She can shoot lightning. Um. <laughs> <laughs> There's an iconic screenshot of when um, they corner that, that villain and like earth, water, air, fire, all going at her. And then you just see the boomerang. <laughs> Yeah, and he, I mean, he's just, he's courageous, he's, he's an ally, he is loving, he is there for his sister and his friends, um, and he's, he's all around a wonderful character. All that being said, I also fucking love Jason Mendoza from The Good Place. I love that he, like, goes to hell to save his non-binary partner from demons. Like, love it so much. Um, 
his cheekbones. I yeah. think he's probably the most like out of this list. He's definitely the most like conventionally attractive himbo, right? You have like the muscles and the cheeks and the jawline. I love it when they're in hell and they think that Jason is like a, a sculpture of himself. They look at him and go, you went overboard with the cheekbones. It's very funny. Um, he's also a character that grows obviously throughout the seasons. Um, he keeps his naivete and his kind of sense of goodness in the world. And despite the fact that he throws Molotov cocktails at all of his problems, he is like so deeply respectful and good hearted and like is there for his friends and the people that he loves. Um, Florida, he's though. one of <laughs> Florida. <laughs> he's, he's probably the best thing Florida has ever that's, offered. Us. That's fair. <laughs> um, so this is very tough for me, but looking at the, so I think Jason would take lovable nature. Um, mm -hmm. I think commitment to a cause would 100% go to Sokka because he, like, again, he is the only one without magic powers and he's fighting the good fight and he's always, always reliable. Um, and then aesthetics. Oh, that would be such a toss up for me because like, I love everything about the last airbender except for the M night Shyamalan disaster. Um, and I just love, I mean, The Good Place is just like, it passes every vibe check that you could possibly imagine. Uh, who would treat me right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a tough one too, because we see them both with partners and they're, they're great, great partners. Uh, I think, uh, I think Sokka would edge out on aesthetics just a little mm. bit. Uh, so I think I would have to go with Sokka. Even like I love Jason, that would be a tough one. It's, it's hard, but like I think that he would just edge out just a little tiny bit. Yeah, mm. I mean, Sokka does 100% win commitment to a cause, like plan, plans and steals knowledge from like demon owls. Like, you know, he just he does what he needs to do. Whereas Jason very much always feels like he is along for the ride, he just happened to be here and he ha doesn't have enough awareness to be committed to a cause. Um, <laughs> But I have to give Jason aesthetics. Like this man single-handedly made me care about the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> Portals! <laughs> so, honest, I think my official vote has to be Jason. So I'm the tiebreaker then? Mm -hmm. Cool. Uh, so like I said before, everything I know about Sokka, I enjoy. I have, I saw, I think I saw up to that episode where he meets, um, uh you just the said Kyoshi warrior exactly yeah, yeah yeah um and and i i like i know a, a bit about avatar where it ends up and, and kind of the overarching story so i do enjoy his arc i do like jason's arc a bit more because uh because he is just this dumb floridian uh that turns into uh you know a lovable part of this sort of found family the family found in hell um uh, so i think my Official vote is for uh, Jason Mendoza. I'm I'm not mad about it, not sad about it. If if Sako was going to lose, I'm glad he lo he lost to, as Eleanor said, a beautiful idiot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that is round one done. Oh, I remember what I was going to say about Steed. I'm going to yell it out real fast. Liz from last episode uh, said that Captain Shakespeare from Stardust walked so Steed Bonnet could run, and it's very true. <laughs> Kronk versus Hercules. 
Disney v. Disney. A pretty hard matchup, I'd say, but I think I know where it's going to end up. Carolyn? The, okay, so the aesthetics are actually hard because they're both Disney. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to come back to that. Commitment to a cause goes to Hercules, though. Yeah. And lovable nature goes to Kronk. Mm-hmm. so it's going to come down to an aesthetics battle yeah and it, it is they, they are so like the the art in both these movies is similar in a way i mean not a hundred percent but the, in in the way where it's uh, it definitely borrows from like the art of the civilization uh you know uh, emperor's new groove is very um central south america what, what is it a mayan um or aztec yeah um, it's very like geometric and like right yeah whereas uh hercules as 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 mike said earlier does a great job at um at getting that uh, that uh, ancient grecian aesthetic down um mm. but yeah i'm i i agree with what carolyn said where uh, lovable nature is definitely cronk and co- a commitment to cost definitely hercules um well let's let's go let's go for carolyn's uh um a wild card who would treat you right uh that's so hard it, though, that, that, because, as I said. again it's like but you're dealing with someone who will make you spinach puffs every night with a nice cup of tea and your squirrel buddies would help you with the cleaning which is cronk yeah. and then you have someone who literally gave up immortality to save his his girlfriend because he loves her so much um so it's tough yeah uh mike what are your uh, initial thoughts on this one I honestly, I have to give aesthetics to Hercules. He is the golden boy. You know, he's just like Mm -hmm. what you can bring home to mom. Whereas I don't like, yes, Kronk is nice and I would not be upset to bring him home to mom, but I would also be slightly embarrassed to be like, yes, this is the one I pick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Um, Hey, Kronk's spinach pops. Maybe it would even out. I don't Mm. know. But I... Uh, I'm torn just because Kronk is so deeply lovable that I think does that outweigh everything else because I, I think I'd give Hercules everything else but like mm. Kronk is just you know I want Kronk to hug me you know? <laughs> I think it'd be, he'd be a great hugger yeah he would and he'd carry my tent around everywhere which is very important because yes. I am not outdoorsy no you are not uh <laughs> um you know i think i'll like i'll i'll get to my official vote first because i i think i have the like my wild card which can only work in this single matchup um i have a dnd character that is essentially just lion cronk uh <laughs> I, I am I, I am a lion and barbarian uh who is literally just cronk uh in in my uh in chris's uh, backup campaign uh, which is just a bunch of dumbasses doing dumb shit. Um, so I think that's why I will probably lean Kronk for aesthetics myself, um, just because he has that, you know, uh, I, I have a little bit of Kronk in me. That's not a sentence you want to say. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I think my, my official vote is for Kronk. But you two can take your time and and try to talk it out because I know it's a bit more difficult for you. See, I'm torn because Hercules in hindsight was definitely one of my first crushes. Mm-hmm. And but but I think thinking of Himbo, I think Kronk before Hercules. Mm-hmm. So I think I'll have to give it to Kronk. 
Yeah, I, I think it's my official vote. Uh, I mean, I, I think my vote is moot at this point, and I'm I'm fine with that. So, yeah. <laughs> but where were you gonna go with it, anyways? <laughs> Probably like my heart says Kronk, and I like I think that I would have to do that just because I I their like lovability goes Kronk, commitment goes to Hercules, and the rest is such a wash. I would just have to go with my gut, and I think my gut would be like it's Kronk. It's always been Kronk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so unsurprisingly, Kronk moves into the final round. But before we get to that, let's see who he's going up against. The number three seed, Steed Bonnet, and the number seven seed, Jason Mentosa. This is Sophie's choice. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I cannot pick between these two characters. I, no. hate, I hate this position. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to a human being. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time to pull out the criteria. (laughs) It has to go to seed. You know, he is the gentleman pirate. Like, yes, go for it. Like, that's just a coherent aesthetic. Whereas Jason is Florida realness, which (laughs) he makes it work, but he is fighting an uphill battle with that against a gentleman pirate. So he wins aesthetics hands down. Commitment to a cause. I think that... Mm, that's tough because Steed at one point more or less gives up. He does, yeah. Mm. Whereas Jason never really does. But again, I, I, I'm not sure how much that is Jason just being along for the ride. And point of order, I think that Steed doesn't give up so much as he decides to try to honor a previous commitment. Mm. That's true. But he also bailed on that previous commitment very quickly. <laughs> and really, it was not working for either party. But he did 100% just bail on it in the most dramatic fashion to the point where she would prefer him to be dead mm, than yeah. acknowledge the reality of what he did. And in terms of lovability, I think I have to give it to Jason. He convinced an all-knowing, non-binary, super being to fall in love with him. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, I really have to say I'm team, I'm team Steed. I mean, when I think lovability, he reads Pinocchio to his crew every night and does the voices. And I love like all his conversations like with Lucius where Lucius is just like, sir, I'm the only one that can read. And he's like, that's not true, is it? Like, (laughs) he's so naive. He like, he really just like captures that idea of, of, has no idea what the world is about. Um, but he is so loving towards his crew that he adopts as his family. Like I'm just thinking of like episode one where he's having all of them sew and he's sitting down with each of them and asking them about their projects and like, oh, that's very good. And the Hodor character goes, I used to sew dresses with my mom. And it's like, it's just like the cutest thing in the world. Everyone knows cats are evil. They steal children's breath and they have knives in their feet. there's so many quotable moments of that show and I love it so deeply but Steed is like he's the thing that brings them all together and he's like the reason that they are a family by the end of it and they're all willing to give up their lives for him at at the end of the show and they are committed to him too And, and to have like that gnarly group of pirates like fall in love with him to have Edward teach get kind of caught up in this aura of Steed. I think he's so lovable. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I'm just like, it's also probably a recency bias because I keep watching this show. <laughs> um, I just have it on repeat. <laughs> um, and aesthetics too, hands down, absolutely goes to the gentleman pirate. Everything about him is so over the top. Every single outfit, the capes, the like embroidery, naming his ship the revenge. And like, he's a caricature of himself and like, same so I just like, <laughs> vibe, I vibe with that so much um, <laughs> and then commitment to a cause probably that would go to Jason I do give that but I think two of the three would absolutely go to go to Steed um mm -hmm. so yeah he's my vote I'm a, I'm a Steed stan all the way baby so it was that an official vote for Steed and official vote for Jason I think I'm gonna vote for Jason although you almost convinced me Carolyn you almost convinced me where I was just like this is the man who seduced Blackbeard. Like, <laughs> I don't know. But, and by not being seductive, by just being himself. Yeah. yeah. But also Jason was fundamentally just himself entirely throughout that entire show. And his self is so deeply lovable. I just, I love that man. I can't not vote for him. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I have a need and it's a need for Steed. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> there's not much I can say about these two that you two didn't beautifully uh, just uh, uh, go through. I think it might be, I think Carolyn may have said the golden uh, golden word there for this one. And it is kind of recency bias. Like I love Steed. And as much as I love Jason, he, the Jason stick, while he had a good arc, it kind of wore on me over over the seasons. I think what, what was the good place? Six seasons long. It wasn't too long, but by, it was four. It was four? Okay. That's to your point where you felt the stick was wearing after four seasons, and it wasn't like twenty episode seasons. Right, right. Yeah. If it if it went longer, I feel like I probably would have been just completely sick of Jason by the end of it. Um, whereas Steed, because he has the the benefit of only having one season of his show so far, I can't foresee myself getting sick of him anytime soon um, also you've managed to be friends with me for like over a decade so your tolerance for mm -hmm. the characterization of the self is very high yeah, <laughs> yeah. listen I, ga I gave up eight years ago on trying to get rid yeah. of you um and but... i disappear from the ether going <laughs> <laughs> this fucking goose bitch um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so my, my official vote is for Steed Bonnet just because I fucking love him so goddamn much. But yeah, so that moves us to the finals. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> we have Kronk from The Emperor's New Groove versus Steed Bonnet from Our Flag Means Death. I'm not starting it. I don't care who does. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start it. So obviously Kronk is the quintessential himbo. I mean, there's so many reasons why he got that vote. I think if we're focusing on like that, for lack of a better term, like idiocy factor and like the, like they're a good looking dum-dum. If we're just focusing on that, I think that it would be Kronk. I think if we're more focusing on like the, the naivete and like the good heartedness I think it would go to Steed. So I think it's going to come down to whether or not it's the traditional definition of a himbo or kind of like a more modernized version of that, which takes a little bit more holistic approach, I think, because I don't mm -hmm. like judging people just like 
on good looks and their dumb dumbness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I like aesthetically, I think again, Steed would win hands down, regardless of, of like which definition we use, because I just enjoy the aesthetics of Steed a whole lot more. Um, I think, you know, standing in the rain with me and Percival, Steed would also be holding the umbrella in a robe with a martini and like we would have a great time yelling that Percival's the one being dramatic. Um, <laughs> like we would just vibe, it'd be great. Um, commitment to a cause, they're very interesting because they're kind of similar in that like they're both a little flip floppy. Like Steed goes back and forth on his commitments. Kronk like is about to kill the llama and he runs to catch it. Um, so he can't really commit to being the henchman that he's been hired to be. And Steed really is like, I'm a pirate, I'm a pirate, I'm a pirate. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so I think they're very equal in that kind of commitment area. Um, and then it comes down to lovable nature. And personally, I just love Steed more. Mm. And I think the fact that he manages to convince a whole group of stanky pirates to fall in love with him and want to protect him and do right because of who he is. And there's even that scene with the common the Commodore is like, what on earth is like going on here? Like how the fuck did this like ridiculous man convince you to love him so much? And everyone's just like, we don't know. We don't know how it happened, um, but we do <laughs> like, we love him. And I just like, I think that really speaks to just how like powerful it is just like being your own yourself and being like embracing those quirks and the person that you are um and even ed teach falls for it even like the baddest bitch of them all cannot resist this charm and this just like vulnerability that he he has constantly throughout the show so Again, I think if we're going with that like standard kind of old fashioned definition, sure it's Kronk, but if we're going with like the newfangled version, it's Steed and it's Steed for me. Mm -hmm. I think Steed has the advantage of not being a children's cartoon character. Yes. <laughs> big, like arc to him. Cause he mm -hmm. more or less starts as pirate Michael Scott. And by the end you actually are like, no, I would have a beer with this guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think in that respect, yeah. And also hands down aesthetics, like all of his costuming decisions, his commitment to wearing that ridiculous all white outfit in like a Pirate Republic. Yep. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> aesthetics hand down, hands down goes to Steed. And I think frankly commitment to a cause. Kronk is lovable because he is not committed to the cause. He is not the villain that he is hired to be. Mm -hmm. But he that is i guess if we're judging on that that is a, a, a negative in his column mm -hmm. yeah i yeah i see what you're saying there because like his lack of a commitment to his cause is part of what feeds into his lovable nature or it might the, the cause and effect might be swapped there but um i i, I do see what you're saying um a, a case for steed in the commitment to a cause category though it's he, he makes two commitments, two contradicting commitments, one based on what society tells him he has to do and one based on what he wants to do. And he tries to have both in a couple of ways. And I, I think that's just such, it, it's a very human, a very relatable story. Um, 
And I think that's why, even though he might be quote unquote flip floppy, I think that's why commitment to a cause is so overwhelmingly his in this case, um, because he, he makes two commitments and he tries to at one point or another to be all in on at least one of them. Um, and it just doesn't work out. So I think, I think lovable nature would go to Kronk for me, but I think the other two would go for Steed Bonnet. So I will go against uh, what the uh, classical definition of a himbo is. And I think my vote for champion is Steed Bonnet. Well, I don't think there's any ambiguity about the outcome now. However, <laughs> I would also pick Steed Bonnet over Kronk. I think it, it's just, he, he has it all in terms of being like a, a deeply lovable character committed to a cause, naive, and... And he's handsome. And he's handsome. Yes, yes. Handsome. Dashing. And in an older older gentleman way. Yeah. Like, he's a, he's a television star. Like... He's not going to be unattractive. Right. (laughs) And I think, you know, I think the world is about, uh, about evolving, right? And evolving our ideas and our, and our definitions. And I think Steed, Steed is a good, uh, I don't know, headliner, a good poster boy, a good poster boy (laughs) for that. But my vote also does go to our number three seed, Steed. (laughs) Our number three seed, Steed, not number four seed, Steve. (laughs) Three seats deep. But yeah, I think um, I'm happy with this, uh, mostly because we're just tearing down the walls and, and saying to hell with the traditional uh, attractiveness. Yeah, and I think I think Kronk ending up in the finals, yes, well-deserved. Well-deserved Kronk. I'm sure we're going to make people mad about this decision. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. You, <laughs> I think if you watch Our Flag Means Death, you'll understand that Steed Bonnet is the quintessential mm. new era himbo that we that we deserve and need right now <laughs> yes and that that brings up a point i forgot to make uh steed bonnet ended up with the third most votes from somebody who's in a show that just came out on a streaming service that not everybody has uh probably like the third or fourth biggest streaming service at least of people who probably listen to this podcast so i think him being so high on the list despite all of that uh, says a lot as well. Oh yeah, awesome, He's a beautiful man. Ah, oh, man, I'm so happy for like Cleo to listen to this so she can cry again. It's gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> Why? So congrats. Cry like good cry or bad cry? Yes, yeah, no. Cleo is a crier. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. doesn't come anytime across she, that way. <laughs> anytime she feels any kind of emotion, it's just oh, it's great. Oh, Love gotcha. it. <laughs> You saw her at my wedding. That's true. No, that is true. I have seen her cry. That's fair. <laughs> All right. Uh, quick plugs, quick plugs. Twitter, we're at the nerd the word. Tell us why we're right. Tell us why we're wrong. Give Kronk the defense he needs. Give Jason some love. Give any of these characters some love because truly we love all of them. Our Facebook group is The Nerd is the Word on Facebook. Anybody can join as long as you remain respectful of other people. Please join, vote, and let your voice be heard. For questions, comments, future episode ideas, or if you, like Mike, want to be a guest on the podcast, please email us at nerdistheword413 at gmail.com. We love you. Hashtag like Mike. (laughs) (laughs) 
it's always a joy to discuss nerdy topics. Um, I do believe we're taking a week hiatus after this because um, Adam's going to be at a wedding and I'm hosting two best friends. Uh, so we're just going to be a little bit of a, of, a, of a mess next weekend, but we will see you in two weeks, listeners. And until then, uh, stay safe, be kind to each other, and remember, find some joy in this world. <laughs>